0: Hello, dearest listener. You have tuned in to At Your Peril by Arthur McBain and Owen Jenkins. Before we begin, a parish notice. A warning. What you are about to hear may terrify and horrify you to the very core of your being. It may also involve content unsuitable for children, those with a nervous disposition, or wimps. If you must, turn off your receiver No, in that case
1: we shall begin at your peril. this very special live Christmas Eve edition of the Jeremy Carroll Show, I'm Jeremy Carroll. <laughs> now let me tell you, today is going to be an explosive episode, but before we get into it, this is of course the last show of the year. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll be back January the 2nd, but what a year it has been. And to celebrate, my team have put together a little Christmas cracker that they are calling Carol's Craziest Moments. Strap in guys. You're not fit to be her father. Frankly you're not fit to be a human being. You're a waste of bloody space mate, now get out of my sight.
2: I'm I'm sorry Sweetheart,
1: come here, look at me Take my hand Sweetheart, now look at me
2: That's it Now,
1: darling You weigh nearly half a ton Okay? You need some help And we're going to get you that help, okay? Okay Good Now, I'm going to let go of your hand It's sweaty did you steal the money, yes or no? No. Did you steal the money, yes or no? No. Did you steal the money, yes or no? No. The lie detector results are in. And it says you did, mate. What did you spend the money on, eh? Hmm? Was it drugs? You f***ing Jeremy. I can't believe you f***ing Now, Kev's got something to say to you, haven't you, Kev? I have, yeah. Well,
0: take it away, Kev. Okay, <laughs> Jen, will you marry me?
3: <gasps> I will, yeah.
1: <laughs> Blimey, good effort, Kev. Nice one, mate. Now, um, <laughs> I've actually got something different written on my card. Is there anything else you wanted to say?
0: Oh, oh yeah, um, Jen. I cheated on you with your mum.
1: So, there we have it. Carol's crazy Christmas cracker. Pretty crazy, right? We get it all on this show, let me tell you. Now, folks, look, before we get our first guest on, I, look, I just wanted to speak to you all from the heart. I'm fully aware of some of the backlash that we've received recently. I know, I know, but I can't stress to you enough that we, that's me, Jeremy Carroll, and you, the studio audience, and you you watching at home, we are a family, all right? We are here for each other. Maybe sometimes we bicker, yeah? Maybe sometimes a bit of tough love is needed, okay? But at the end of the day, we care for each other. We love each other. And all I want to do is help. And while I'm on this, Christmas is a time for families, yeah? And it can be a difficult time for a lot of people. So look after one another, okay, guys? Stay safe. Stay happy. Keep warm. I love you. I know, I know. I love you. On today's show, a child whose parents abandoned her, a woman kicked out by her boss during the holiday season, and we are very proud to present a TV first. A live link-up to Pentonville Prison, where we'll be speaking to a convicted murderer who happens to also be a celebrity and an ex-colleague. All right, let's get on with the show. Ah. Um, it seems we've got some technical difficulties here. Uh, Bloody hell, I can't see a thing. Nick, have we got backup lights? Nick, where are you? Uh, Guys in the studio audience, I'm really sorry about this. Please don't be alarmed. Uh, God. Pitch black. Um you at home too. Really sorry, this is live television and I uh, I guess anything can happen. Nick. Nick, where are you? What? What's this? A candle? Come off it, mate. This is bloody Dickensian. Jeremy. I, what? Jeremy. What's that noise?
0: Jeremy! What? Jeremy! Oh, who's there? Look over here! I'm on the queue. it's me, Jeremy, your head's co anchor from Family Fights,
4: Roy O'Malley. What?
1: It can't be you. You're cancelled.
0: It's true. These last seven years I have been cancelled, but I'm back.
1: To warn you. Warn me?
0: You don't know my struggles, Jeremy. These last seven years. After my Twitter rant. After I went viral. I was banned from social media. My autobiography sunk without a trace. My agent has dropped me. Channel 5
1: won't even book me! Look, mate, you were a good friend to me. But I have to say, your tweet shocked and appalled me. And we are no longer friends. So I don't know who let you on, and I don't know why you're here, To warn you! Your fate will be just like mine.
0: You'll be cancelled and sent back to radio broadcasting. Opening libraries and shopping centres.
4: Have an extra
0: car. You too will be cancelled, Jeremy. If you don't change your ways. Tonight, you have on the show three guests. Listen to them for God's sake. Or your fate will be just, just like, like mine. <laughs>
1: Ah, here we are. There's the lights. And we're back. Nick, please get rid of this candle. Ridiculous. Look, I'm so sorry about that. Really, very odd. (laughs) What a strange man. I had no idea Mr O'Malley was due to be on the show. Not a clue. So I apologize. And let me reiterate that his Twitter comments seven years ago were then and remain wholly unacceptable and I neither condone them or him. And while we did used to be co-anchors, I do not associate with him or share his opinions. Now, enough of all this nonsense. Let's get on with the show. You might already be familiar with our first guest. Yes, in season three of this very programme, we had Eve and Chris Massey, a warring couple from London who were fighting over whether Chris was the biological father of their one-year-old Holly. Here's a clip.
5: At the end of the day, I swear to you, Eve, that if this is mine, I'll do right by you and the Baba. I love you, Eve, at the end of the day. But if I'm not the dad, and you really
1: have been having it away with that bottle from the spoons...
6: I ain't been lying, Chris. I'll tell you now. Chris! Chris! Chris!
1: Eve! Eve! Eve, frankly, I'm up to here with your bloody bickering. Take a chill pill, guys, and let's settle this once and for all. The DNA results are in. Eve, you swear that Chris is the biological father of Holly. Well, let's see if you're right. Nick, can you prepare the envelope, please? Eve, are you lying? No, I ain't. But Chris, you've got your doubts. Yes, Jeremy, mate. Yes, I have. And if this baby isn't yours, what will you do, Chris? I'll leave. Never look back, Jezza. And if it is? Then I'll stick by her. And you swear it? swear it, Jezza. Well, if it all works out, we've got Susan from our couple's counselling department to work it all through with you, yeah? Thanks, Jeremy. And Eve, what will you do if this baby isn't Chris's and you've been lying this whole time?
6: I don't know, Jeremy, but it ain't a problem, because I ain't been lying.
1: Well, let's have a look. Nick, pass me the envelope. Thank you. Chris. You're... Not the father, mate. I'm sorry, Chris. Chris, come back here, mate. Eve. Oh, I'm sorry, love. Chris is chatting with our producers now.
3: I don't understand. You lied, I don't. sweetheart.
1: You lied on national television. No, I never. But you did, though, lovey. Listen to me very carefully. Your actions have consequences, okay? People deserve the luck that they get. Oh, hold on. Here comes Chris. I
0: will never, ever see you again, you f***ing
6: Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's lies. Don't you f- so I've been lying. I have been lying, you <laughs> fing
2: and I tell you in a
6: in
0: the no, place.
6: the
2: only thing that I did, and he fucking because I fucking f***ing
1: Can we get security in here please? Gav, Len, can you come in here please? Shut up, Jeremy, you Boy, leave it. <laughs> God, series three. My hair. Am I right? (laughs) Well, Eve's one-year-old isn't one-year-old anymore. She's 15 and she's here right now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Holly Iverson.
2: Hi, hi.
1: You've grown? You were this big when you were in the studio with your mum? How is she?
2: Not very well.
1: Ah, I'm sorry to hear that. Give her my love. In fact... Which camera are we on, Nick? Thanks. Eve, I'm looking at you right now. And I know you're looking back, and I'm wishing you all the very best, all right, sweetheart? I hope you get better soon. Very, very soon. What's she ill with, Holly?
2: She's in a coma.
1: Ah. Good luck, Eve. All the very best, sweetheart. All right. Now, Hole, you're here because you want to reunite with the man we just saw on that clip. Chris Massey.
2: I do, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, Jeremy, he won't have anything to do with me, not since your show. But that whole clip you just shown was b****. Chris is my dad. I know he is, because before her coma, my mum dug out an old pot of brill cream of my dad's that still has some hair matters in it, and we used it to get another DNA test. A real, proper one. And it proved that he was definitely my father, and that your show lied to us. But he won't talk to me. Can't talk to me, because he was so humiliated by the show that he took his own life.
1: Look, Holt, darling, I'm sorry, that sounds really tough, but we have proper professionals that do the DNA test. Okay, top of their game. There's no way the team would have ever lied like that. All of it is totally and completely legit.
2: That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was an honest mistake, but then I got in touch with one of your producers. Well, ex-producers. She's not on the show anymore. And she told me that she remembered the story and that you'd had a pretty slow week, so had intentionally lied, said that Chris wasn't the father, because it was going to make better telly. And it wasn't just our family you did it with. Apparently, you used to change results all the time. DNA tests, lie detectors, you just change it to make better telly. Look,
1: these are big, big claims that you're making, and I'd love to be able to address them all now. I really would, whole. But we've got to go to an ad break, so I'll see you in a few. Uh, uh, I said we're going to an ad break, so I'll see you in a few.
2: Not yet, Jeremy. Huh? Not on a special episode such as this. I decide when the ad break comes. So let's talk about you for a bit.
1: Hold on. This is my show. I call the shots here, Missy. You
2: started as a radio presenter, a drive-time local DJ on some shit backwater radio station called Fezziwig FM. It was there that you got the idea for your first relationship show, Jeremy Carroll's family fight. Am I right?
1: What is this, a retrospective? Nick, is this a joke? And
2: while you were presenting that show with the disgraced Roy O'Malley, you fell in love, didn't you? With Sharon? You got engaged. But it wasn't a happy one, because you'd regularly fly off the handle and smash things up whenever you had a disagreement. Not the chilled-out persona you carry on TV, is it? Jezza. And then you moved to a different radio station. But none of the other staff would ever invite you out on couples nights because you'd get so blind drunk and tell everyone how your ratings were better than all of theirs and that you were on a much higher salary. Oh, Jezza, you'd rub it in their faces like your life was better that you were living a dream. But no one liked you, did they, Jeremy? It's a shame they couldn't see behind closed doors, because if they could, they'd see a man with anger management issues who was completely addicted to money and fame. This is libelous. And that's exactly why Sharon broke off the engagement, isn't it? Because she realised that you'd never love her as much as you love money, fame and yourself. As a matter of fact, we got hold of Sharon. We invited her to the show, but unfortunately she can't be here today. So she has left this little video message instead. Nick?
1: No, no, no. This is my bloody show. And Nick is my floor manager and I'm the one that orders Nick around.
2: Nick, roll it up. Hi, Jeremy.
6: Sorry, I can't be there. Oh, sorry. (laughs) That's my little one. She's called Belle. Six months old. Light of my life. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to say that I'm kind of glad that things didn't work out. I mean, it was heartbreaking at the time, and it was so hard for me to see you getting more and more famous, everything you'd ever wanted. And every time I just about managed to stop thinking about us, I'd see your face again in those trashy magazines. But eventually... I stopped buying them and healed and met my husband. And he's just so wonderful and kind and nice. In fact, he reminds me a bit of you before you started your radio show. You used to be so fun and lovely, but then, I don't know, you started this public humiliation thing, judging them live on air, and it was like the devil got his claws into you and made you a monster. Anyway, that's all from me. Hope all's well. Bye.
1: Please, Holly, no more. Remove me from this segment of the show. Please, Holly, let us cut to the outbreak.
2: As you wish.
5: Sartha here. Welcome to the ad break. I'm currently walking to the train station to go back to Liverpool for a few days over Christmas. Um, Owen sadly has got COVID, so he will be isolating over Christmas along with a good many other people. So let's all send them our best wishes with our telepathic powers. Um, I'm here to remind you all that um, we're doing an At Your Peril live show on the 26th, 27th and 30th of January at the Vault Festival in London uh, in the Waterloo Vaults. An amazing venue amazing festival and hopefully an amazing show we've not done it before and so it's all quite new to us and we'd really love it if you could all come down and witness magic happening or witness a, a train crash which will also be worth your money Anyway, there's going to be all the details in the description of this episode. Just go on there, follow the link to where tickets are, and we'll see you in January. On with the show.
1: Trash bag. Oh, welcome back to the Jeremy Carroll show. I'm Jeremy Carroll. Sorry about that. We try our best to vet our guests, but sometimes people slip through the gaps. What a bloody nutter. (laughs) Still, love to Eve. Hope you get out of the coma soon, sweetheart. Anyway, on with the show. Now, our next guest, folks, has had a pretty, excuse my French, crappy. 13 months. Last Christmas, she was thrust out of work by a heartless boss who wanted to save money. And folks, it was at Christmas. Welcome to the stage, Naomi Betterman. Naomi
0: Betterman?
3: Is this a joke? Nick? Hi, love. It's me. Surprise. I'm back with a bang. Naomi. Ding dong. Here I am, love. Shall we get on with it? Okay.
1: Okay, let's just cut this here. I know what's going on. Noel Edmonds is behind this, isn't he? Cheeky sod. Excuse my French. This is a special stitch-up for children in need or something, isn't it?
3: If you like. So, how do you know me, Jezza? How do you know Naomi Betterman? Well... Who's the employer you describe, Jezza?
1: In the intro. Oh, come Naomi Betterman, what are you trying to achieve?
3: Now our next guest, folks, has had a pretty, excuse my French, crappy 13 months. Last Christmas she was thrust out of work by a heartless boss who wanted to save money. And folks, it was at Christmas. That's what you just said. Who was the heartless boss, Jezza Baby? Stop this. You, wasn't it?
1: It was you. We had to make cuts. The budget was sliced. Not my fault.
3: Did you take a pay cut when the budget was cut? Oh, come off it. I'm the show. I'm why people tune in. No. The guests are why people tune in. To watch you shouting at people you think are beneath you. Do they get paid? They get a
1: three-star hotel room with breakfast, plus cabs from the train station. Don't try and claim that I'm exploiting people. I've heard it all before. You're worse than the bloody Guardian.
3: And then who finds the guests? People like me. Who stage manages the whole thing? People like Nick over there. The camera crew were the only reason people can see you at home. Folks like Camera 2 Sue, Stan, Terry, Frank. You sacked three people. If you took a 5% pay cut, you could have kept some of us on. Look, that's not my
1: bloody fault. Why does everyone always come to me with their problems? I don't want to hear it.
3: Well, this is something you will want to hear. Here's what your colleagues really think of you. Nick, can we roll that video segment? Now then, Jezza baby, I did some undercover filming. Let me take you to the green room with Gavin Len before yesterday's show. How long
0: have we got? Uh about an hour. Bloody hell, today's dragon. Isn't it? Yeah.
5: Say what, let's play a game. You what? No, look. I, uh, I'll be someone, and you've got to guess who I'm being, all right? <sighs> oh, oh! Uh, my my suits are from Moss Bros, and my trainers are from Mountain Warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> my breath is a heady mix of tea and onions and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mistook Febreze for aftershave and now I smell like your dead auntie's sofa <laughs> I'll tell you what, i fuck your dead auntie's sofa because I can't get it at home Cool, <laughs> oh,
0: well you stay away from my dead auntie She's out of your league <laughs> yeah, I'm,
5: I'm so riddled with toxic masculinity that people from Chernobyl won't go near me <laughs> oh, Come on, who am I? Who am I? Yeah, last but not least... I am gonna allow each and every one of you to get sacked before I take a pay cut because I'm a massive, massive twat. Hey,
0: hey, yeah. Can you guess? Oh, I wonder <laughs> can you that,
2: guess? Bloody... <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, Jeremy,
1: can you guess? Every bastard in the business bitches about their boss behind their back. Does it not hurt
3: you? To think of how people talk about you.
1: I live in a 5.5 million pound house. I drive seven alternating cars for every day of the week. My fans adore me. I only have to walk past a Weatherspoon's or a Greggs to get swamped by a gaggle of middle-aged hotties. Get over yourself, Jezzy, you sleazebag.
3: You don't only exist in TV world. You're not a series of electronic waves travelling through the air via satellite. You exist in the real world. This isn't Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. People don't have four-ton anvils dropped on their head and recover completely in the next scene. What you do affects what's out there. And what's out there is real. Actions have consequences, Jezza baby. For example, when you axed Camera 2 Sue because you wouldn't reduce your enormous salary to keep her on, she spiraled into a pit of alcoholism, and guess what, Jezza? She's dead. Camera two Sue is dead. Got paralytic, fell over, hit her head. Oh my god. Like I said, this isn't a cartoon, Jezza. A few days ago I went to see her widow, Bab Pratchett, and her son Tiny Jim. Nick, roll VT. <laughs>
7: Do you want a cup of tea, Naomi? I'm having to heat the kettle on the fire at the moment because the electric's been turned off. So it might take a while, but I'd murder a brew. Feels special having you over. I've not had guests since Sue past.
3: Oh, you know what? I will. <laughs> Thank you.
7: So, how are you? Struggling. It's expensive. Being poor. People think... Well, just work harder, but your to get bigger and bigger. The poorer you get, the more expensive it gets. How do you mean? Well, I get a new coat for Jim, because it's cold and you can't go to school without a coat. But I can only spare 20 quid for things like that, and, and so I buy Jim a 20 quid coat. But it's a shit coat, you see, it's badly made and he goes to school in it and he does all of the school kid things like running around and playing and it wears out in a month or two, splits at the seams, gets holes from wear and tear. Well an expensive coat is a hundred and fifty quid and it'd last Jim five years or until he grows out of it. But I can't ever spare a hundred and fifty quid for a coat so I go back and buy another twenty quid one. Then five years later, I've spent hundreds of pounds on coats when I could have only spent 150. I've spent far more money and Jim is still cold. Mum, what are you doing? Oh, uh, I've got one of your mum's old friends round. (laughs) This is Naomi. Hello. It's nice to meet you.
3: Hello, lovey. I bet you don't remember me, do you?
2: What's up, love? Oh, nothing. I've just finished my Christmas list to Santa... Can you post it to him? Oh, let's have a look, Jimmy. What I'm really wishing for is the bike.
7: Oh, Jim. I'm not sure Santa's going to be able to bring you one of those this year. Why not? I've I've been really good. I know you have, love. But it's, um, it's heavy, a bike. It probably won't fit on the sleigh. Oh,
2: but last year loads of people in my year got bikes from Santa... Have
7: I done something to upset him? Oh, no, love, no. But, but I think it's because he knows that you can run as fast as a bike. So he doesn't think that you need it as much because you are so special. You're right, you're right, Mummy.
2: Maybe if I'm extra specially good, he'll be able to find room for the bike on the sleigh next year. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: If you had taken that tiny reduction in fee, Camera 2 Sue would not be dead. And that whole chain of events would not have happened. Listen to me very carefully. All your actions have consequences, and people deserve the luck that they get. <laughs> That's verbatim what you said to Eve Massey when you told her that Chris wasn't Holly's daughter. Do you think Tiny Jim deserved the luck that he's got? I, um, I... Uh... <laughs> Oh, hark. The time is drawing near. We have to go to an ad break.
5: Hello, me again. I'm, um, now on the train. Um... So, it's nice to have you with me. Um, I'm just here to um, remind you all about the At Yorn Herald Limited Edition Perfume. Uh, it is a collaboration with London Perfume House 4,160 Tuesdays. It's called Antipyrus Adventurous Past, and it smells absolutely great. Um, and as far as we know, as we've said this before, say again, we're the only horror podcast in the world to have its own fragrance. Um, Details for that can be found in the description to this episode. Uh, Meanwhile, let's get on with the Jeremy Carroll show.
1: Hello, welcome Back to the Jeremy Carroll Show, I'm Jeremy Carroll. I, um, oh I've lost my cue. Sorry, everyone. Uh, I'm Jeremy Carroll, ah, now then. Our final guest today is someone I used to work with back in my days at Fezziwig FM. She went on to become a revered chat show host on chat radio and seemed to have it all ahead of her. But in an event that shook the nation, she was convicted of the murder of her husband and child. Now, for the first time on national TV, we're going to hear her side of the story in her own words. We all set up, Nick? Guys, it's Regina Wilson, known to most of you as Gigi, the call-in killer. So, Gigi, hello. Oh, seems to be an interference on the line. Gigi, can you hear me? Nick, why can't we hear Gigi? What's going on? Is this another prank? Oh no, it is. Isn't it? You're about to show me shadows of the things that will happen in the time before us. Are you the guest of Christmas Future? Well, Gigi, lead on. I suppose you'd better roll the VT.
0: So, welcome back to Britain's Worst Ever TV Show with Noel Edmonds. I'm your host, Noel Edmonds. And now we find ourselves on the cusp of revealing your number one viewer-voted, most hated TV show to ever exist. What a ride it's been! We've tatted at TV talent shows, gasped at garish game shows (laughs) and frankly I'm disappointed at some of those choices (laughs) and vomited at the vile Katie Hopkins. But now, it's time for the worst of all, the creme de la creme of crap, the tippity-top of terrible, the best of the bottom of the barrel. And what an awful piece of work this next person is. In at number one, is the show which got cancelled six times, found itself in court four times, and went down in history as the most exploitative show on British television, all before its host became cancelled. Now he's bankrupt and hated and disgraced, a total loner, and voted Britain's Worst Ever Host on Britain's Worst Ever Hosts with Noel Edmonds. <laughs> and frankly, I'm disappointed at some of those choices too. I'm sure there'll be no shocks and surprises here. It is, of course, the downright disgusting... Wait, wait,
1: please pause. Hang on. Please, Gigi, tell me before I find out who wins. Is this a future that's certain or a future of things that may be? I suppose what I'm asking is, is there any way to change this outcome? Gigi, I still can't hear you.
0: And the winner is that scumbag, Jezza, the Jeremy Carroll Show.
1: No, no, no! Say it isn't so! Gigi, hear me! I am not the man I was. I am not the man I was when I started this Christmas special. Gigi, I will not shut out the lessons that the guests have taught me. Hark ye! The time of good cheer has filled my heart! I have my show back? You boys, in the front row of the audience, tell me, what TV show is this?
0: Why, Master Jeremy, it's your Christmas special, sir! (laughs) Nick, find a runner and give them this money. Tell them to buy a
1: small bike, a bike for a tiny child and deliver it to Bab Cratchit at once for the special attention of Tiny Jim. Oh, and take this too, buy a duffel coat. What size? Tiny. Well then. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this very special Christmas Eve episode of the Jeremy Carroll Show. I'm Jeremy Carroll. Now, folks, look, before we get into the show, I... Look, I just want to speak to you all from the heart. I'm fully aware of some of the backlash that we've received recently. Don't boo. Don't boo. Because I can't stress to you enough that all of this backlash has been deserved, alright? I've told you that we are here for each other. But the truth is that I've been selfish. I've exploited vulnerable people for my own gains and ratings. I called it tough love. But that was a lie. What it was, was a radio presenter with no qualifications in counselling, shouting at people and meddling in their lives for money. I am Britain's greatest ever hypocrite. I told you that I cared about you. But I have to be honest, I didn't. Not you, the viewer, not the guests, and certainly not my team, without whom I'd be nothing. I want us to love each other. I want to help. And while I'm on this, Christmas is a time for families, yeah? And it could be a difficult time for lots of people. And that's why I'm turning today's show into a charity fundraiser. I will begin by donating my entire annual salary to helping those in need. And then, maybe at the end if we feel like it, since my name is Jeremy Carroll, we'll finish the show with a sing-song. Thank you. And God bless us. Everyone.
4: A Jeremy Carroll was voiced by Anthony Eilert. Emma Valentine, Nigel Munson, Emily Stott, Bronte Tadman, Chris Jameson, Grace Dunn, Arthur McBain, Owen Jenkins, and Noel Edmonds. Thanks to Noel for that voice work for us. Um, and uh, we should say, shouldn't we, Arthur, that um, any similarity to living persons is um, just a just a coincidence, right?
5: Did you clarify living persons because there are loads of similarities to dead persons?
4: Yeah, loads. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely
4: yeah. not. We all of every. This is an entirely fictional. Oh yeah, we just plucked these people out the ether, didn't we? I mean, I can't even think of any famous Jeremys. Not one. There isn't one. Not a single one. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh bloody! I sorry everyone. Owen's got a very COVID. How are you feeling? It's a very COVID Christmas for me. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. You know, it's. Uh, it's still Christmas. You've still got festive cheer, <laughs> even if you've got a horrible cough.
5: <laughs> that's, very, that's very nice. Uh, so there we go. We decided pretty, pretty late in the day that we were going to do a Christmas special. Uh, and we did it. And everyone rallied together and helped.
4: Yeah, amazing. And uh, that's it for a bit. That really is it now, isn't it, for a bit, Arthur?
5: It is until the Vault Festival. We're going to be releasing a couple of Vault Festival specials um, to the podcast. Oh,
4: yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be great. Um, and then, in terms of new series, we'll let you know. But let's before then, let's bloody see you at the Vaults, yeah?
5: <laughs> let's have a chat. Let's find out what you want us to write about. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, look. Thank you, everybody, for th- thanks for all of the listens this year, and thank you for um, for you know getting involved and sharing us and and just listening. I think this
4: year has been a pretty incredible year for At Your Peril. I think it's been yeah, it's been amazing. We've loved it and we've loved people getting in touch. So always do get in touch. The other thing that we really love, Arthur, is reviews. Love reviews. You know, we're all, you know, we're we're artists, we're struggling ego artists, so if you give us those five stars, I'm joking, we don't really need the validation, but we do need the reviews, because uh, it really helps, it just helps us to go up the charts, we we were in the charts this year, that was an exciting thing. A really exciting... if you're wondering how you can be grateful for a lovely Christmas episode, how you can, you know, give back the festive cheer, it's give us a lovely five-star review with a little, little little review on it on, you know, all your good places. Yeah. Apple Podcasts, but there are other ones as well, I think. Just bloody go for it, you know. Don't hold back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> give me free reign. Oh, I need to go back to bed, Arthur. Okay, see you later, Owen. Lots of love. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.